everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. And I'm this week's co-host, Deanna Norris, also with the Department of Communication. Today, we've got an innovative show for you as we discuss the CVC Innovation Challenge and some of the most unique projects that have come out of that program. Now, before we get into that, you can look back at some of the most unique episodes of The Wrap you may have missed. That includes an interview with U of M Health President, Dr. David Miller, which aired last week. You can find every show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes are also released as part of the Headlines Week in Review and on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel. With that, let's bring in Dr. Chindu Vamuri and Nikki Taylor, two members of the Michigan Medicine team who play an important role in the annual CVC Innovation Challenge. Dr. Vamuri and Nikki, thanks for joining us today. Thank you Hi, for thank you for having me. Now, first, what is the CVC Innovation Challenge and how did it come about? So the CVC Innovation Challenge has been around since the Franco Cardiovascular Center has been around. And initially, um, through an inaugural grant each year, um, there was a challenge that happened in the spring. And the basic idea was that um, the people that work for the innovation for the Franco Cardiovascular Center best know how to improve care of the patients here. And so anybody that worked in the building could submit a, um, anybody that worked in the community um, could submit in, an idea. And, it's, and that includes patients who have been taken care of here. And then that idea would be formalized and presented um, after some coaching and training in this innovation challenge. And there would be a prize up to $100,000. And the goal basically was to take that um, idea, to fund it with this money, and to make connections with people in um, Michigan medicine who could help um, kind of transition that from an idea to a reality. And then it had been that way for about five years or so. And then Dr. Eagle got a very um, good grant, a very generous grant from the Aikens family. And the idea behind that was to build this program out more to include an innovation academy. And the purpose of the innovation academy is that there are a lot of people who have really good ideas, um, but don't know how to make uh, an idea turn into a, a, a process improvement or a product. And so this is an, a collaborative effort with the um, FFMI, uh, which is the uh, Fast Forward Medical Innovation Group from the medical school, to kind of empower and educate uh, people who are interested in innovation in our community and how to get it done. And so nowadays, what most often happens is that we'll put out um, advertisements for the Innovation Academy. Um, uh, members of our community will go through the academy with an idea. And then those uh, that will be done in the early spring or late winter, and some of those uh, teams from the Innovation Academy will then present the challenge. That sounds amazing. Can you um, talk a little bit about why it's so important to focus on innovation when it comes to healthcare? Sure, I think we can both talk a little bit on that one. Um, so I think, you know, in terms of healthcare, there's, for as much as we've improved certain aspects of healthcare, um, meaning we've improved some of the processes around how patients are taken care of in the hospital, we've improved some of the um, medical therapies and surgical therapies we can offer patients. But overall, there's significant room for improvement in the process of healthcare. There's been a lot of technology that has come up in other um, sectors um, that are not, that has not been applied to healthcare. The digital um, personal device revolution has a lot of opportunities where before we didn't have opportunities for remote data monitoring. We didn't have opportunities for large scale data collection. And we didn't have technologies that allowed kind of more constant interaction with patients. And now we have all that. And so, you know, it would be remiss to not take those technologies and deliver better care. In addition to that, um, we're fortunate in the community that we have. We have so many people who are so talented 
um, from the nursing teams to the clerical staff to the to the physicians that work here to the nurse practitioners to literally everyone who helps take care of these patients they come up with great ideas um, and those great ideas can actually make changes that we didn't anticipate never no one ever thought of it until it was brought up and so it's really important that we do that because we have to keep moving forward medicine is not perfect um, there's a lot of uh, opportunities for improvement in medicine. I think we learned that in the past two years um, with everything we've gone through. And so um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's an industry that's ripe for improvement. Yeah, healthcare um, shouldn't be stagnant. Um, it should be ongoing. Um, we should continue to keep up with what's going on outside of medicine and bring some of those creative ideas to the bedside. And that's what I see with nursing. Um, with the, the newer generation of nursing, um, they have all these creative ideas that were not thought of 10, 20, 30 years ago. And um, fortunately, unfortunately, nurses being so creative, they are doing things at the bedside and not knowing that they can use those creative ideas to make an impact overall for the whole institution. Yeah, I think that leads perfectly into this next question. What are some of those creative, unique, or exciting projects that have earned funding from the Innovation Challenge? I'll, I'll go. I'll start with this. Um, one of our first rent winners was from um, a group of nurses. Um, it was from our cardiovascular ICU. And the thought from that project was um, they have patients that have tons of tubes and wires coming from everywhere. And we want to ambulate our patients. So how do we safely ambulate the patients? Um, usually when we ambulate a patient, we have to grab a wheelchair and grab two or three people to, to watch the medical devices. So they recognize the need to have a way to transport the patients or allow the patients to walk with a device where you can hook on the oxygen tubing onto the device. You have some place to place the monitor. You have places to connect the IVs so that the IVs will not become dislodged. So that was one of the winners. Um, another creative idea, which was a just do it project, but there was a need for patients that have um, different hair types. I don't know if you have seen our little tiny combs that we have in the hospital, but those combs do not meet the needs for all our patient population. So the thought was to bring, uh, have more of a selection of, of hair products to meet all of our patient needs. Um, a lot of nurses were going home and going to their local store to buy these products for the patients and bringing them in, but we should have that accessible for our patients. And I think, you know, two more things I can highlight in addition to those two really good examples is one, we had a patient who, um, when he was admitted in the hospital, found it very challenging that he couldn't communicate um, simple or complex things to anybody around him. Um, and so he uh, won the award, I think, a couple of years ago now. And the idea with that award is to use um, technology, so to use iPads or, um, or other devices to create interactive ways that he can directly communicate to people, both his uh, both members of his care team and his family as well. It can be very simple things. Um, this most simple example was he was just trying to explain that his back was itching and he needed to be scratched. But because he couldn't communicate that, it kept um, seeming like he was trying to dislodge his breathing tube. There can be such a profound disconnect um, if you're not able to express yourself. So that's one, um, idea, one project that uh, is still in the works that is great. And then uh, more recently, we've had a new chair of cardiac surgery. His name is Gaurav Alawadi. And he came in 
And when working with the resident, they noticed that um, when cardiac surgery patients are recovering, they have pacemaker wires. And the way those wires are currently designed, they're physically pulled from the skin level. And then when that happens, they can tear the heart muscle and cause complications. And despite that being a very common thing that's done every day in the country and in the world, no one, has, no one had decided to tackle that problem. And so they came up with an innovative way to create a new kind of wire where um, it could be safely removed without causing harm to the patient. So that's a more recent example of uh, an innovation idea. That's great. Such incredible and, and wonderful projects coming out of the innovation challenge. That's very exciting to hear. And so who can enter the challenge and how do they go about signing up or entering their ideas? Anyone can. Anyone that has an idea that impacts cardiovascular care. So um, I'm a big advocate for nursing since I am a nurse, but uh, nursing, faculty, staff, uh, we try to engage everyone. Um, we try to engage EBS, um, different disciplines to bring ideas. And also we try to include patients. There have been patients and patients' family members that have come up with ideas um, that we have um, and uh, have included in our just do it ideas. Um, one of those was just to have a charging station available for visitors um, to charge their phones while they're waiting in the waiting room areas. So it's open to anyone that impacts cardiovascular care. I think one thing that I highlight, it, it, is, very, it is very important to us that anyone that participates in the care of cardiovascular patients, including the patients themselves, can participate in this. And we understand that a lot of great ideas um, come from the people who see the work every day and they see it from different perspectives. And one of the things that we are trying to do better is to find ways to use all the resources of an institution like this to empower them. And so when they have an idea and they see something wrong, we want them to know that you can actually be the creator of the solution, you know, and whatever education you need, whatever additional team members you need, whatever money you need, we can help you get there. Um, to get towards that goal. Yeah, I love that the ideas can come from anyone within the organization or even outside the organization. I think that's really, um, that's the way to, to find the best ideas, right? Now, for those who don't have a project or idea, is there any other way that they can participate or support the challenge? Yeah, I think, you know, we haven't talked about that specifically, but if there are people who are interested in the process of innovation and they want to be part of a team, we actually have design thinking workshops um, where workshops, um, we used to have them in person and that'll happen again soon, but you can um, go to this workshop and there'll be two or three ideas presented or problems. And then you're randomly assigned as a different groups and the groups have different, you know, they're composed of people from all around the um, facility and then you work together to create solutions to that idea. So if you're interested in, in want to make things better, I think that's a good opportunity. And there's also opportunities to join, to just take the academy to learn about the process of innovation and to be part of the teams. That's great. And, and where can people find more information about the workshops and, and getting involved? So there's a couple different avenues. Um, you'll, there'll be emails that come out, health-wide system emails that are about the innovation challenge, the innovation program, or the innovation academy. All of those are opportunities to sign up. Um, it used to be that, um, you know, you had to submit um, a form online, but we've tried to make that more fun. Now we get to, people can turn in very short videos. Um, you can also fill out a form, whatever is more comfortable or easier for you. There's also um, throughout, as, as time gets closer to the challenge or throughout the year, actually, we have little boxes that have, um, that you can put ideas in. 
um, for just do it's like Nikki mentioned the just do it are the charging stations. So if you have an idea that pops in your head, you can write it down and drop it in there. But for the challenge in the academy, there's emails and then there's um, formal ways to sign up in addition to the website for the chat for the program. So they could email FCBC innovation at umich.edu if they're interested in participating. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much to both of you for sharing this information. Be sure to stay tuned to headlines for even more on the CVC Innovation Challenge in the weeks and months ahead. All right, now the two of you have already answered a bunch of questions, but for one of you, your work is not yet done here. Dr. Vermuri, you lost the coin toss before the show, so you're in line for the lightning round where we ask our guests four quick fire questions. Are you ready to go? Yep. Okay. Question number one, um, we're still in the early stages of 2022. So what are you most looking forward to this year? This is gonna be a throwback to the eighties, going to Disney World. Nice. <laughs> so the kids really, really wanna to go to Disney World, but um, we wanted to go when it was kind of back to normal and more open. So we're hoping that we can take a trip like that, even if it's not that this year. Yeah, that would be great. Now, in case you haven't noticed, it's cold out, like really cold out, and it's gonna get just colder in the weeks ahead. Uh, what's your favorite wintertime activity here in Michigan? That's a good one. Um, my favorite wintertime activity, sledding. We've been doing that a lot this year. Um, and because we moved, we we're in a neighborhood that has a hill close to us. And so we've been doing a lot of sledding and then we can do that with all the kids. That's fun. That's great. And if you had to choose between watching a movie, listening to music or reading a book, what would you do and why? I would probably go for watching a movie um, these days because everything we do is with streaming. And if I watch a movie, I can watch it with family. Whereas if I do the two other things, I'm by myself. So it's kind of a good way for us to spend time together. All right. If there's one person from history you would have the chance to meet, who would it be? I think it would have been cool to go back and have a chance to talk to someone like Martin Luther King. Because I, we were, you know, with Martin Luther King um, Day having just come and I was home with the kids and we were watching um, excerpts of things that he said when he was adult, but in the also things he said about himself as a child. It's a very interesting life that he led and where he and how he got to where he got. And it would have been interesting to have a conversation with him and to understand how he thinks and how he because um, he was an innovator in, in, a, in a very clear way. Um, he saw a problem. He saw a need and he found a way to address that need um, that also involved engaging millions of people and making change. And so that type of person, someone who sees a problem like that is not daunted by it and is able to engage others. That's um, a real, in, that's a real innovator. So that'd be someone that, you know, if I could go back and talk to someone, it'd be great to say, how did, how'd you do it? That's such a great answer. So thank you again, Dr. Vamuri and Nikki for joining us today. Be sure you go to headlines, the headlines website to learn more about the CVC Innovation Challenge as we move forward. All right. And you can go to headlines right now to find some interesting stories from the past week. Of course, as Dr. Vermurray uh, mentioned, uh, the newsletter celebrated the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Martin Luther King Day this past Monday. And then later in the week, faculty and staff were recognized for making a difference last month. You can find all that and much more at mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. All right, Daniel. So earlier this week, believe it or not, Yo-Yo Ma played a virtual concert for healthcare workers who have been on the front lines of the pandemic. It was a great gesture. But it got me thinking, are you big into classical music? And if not, what's your favorite kind of music or your favorite band? 
So I never used to be for sure into classical music, but uh, my wife is a harpist, a professional harpist. So uh, I sort of, when when we started dating, I started going to her concerts and, and things like that. So I definitely got more into it. And we actually just went to the DSO last week, uh, the Detroit Symphony. So I can handle it. There's some pieces that I still struggle with, uh, especially if they're like 45 minutes long, but you know, I do my best with it. Um, but I'm definitely, when it comes to my musical selection, I'm definitely stuck in the nineties for the most part. So nineties rock bands, um, Counting Crows, uh, you know, that Counting Crows is probably my favorite one. Um, and they're still making new music today. So they've they've had longevity about 30 years or so. So I would say they're my favorite band. What about you? That's great. Um, well, so like your wife, I grew up playing an instrument. So I, I love classical music. I still enjoy it very much. But um, I like a lot of other music genres, too. And I guess um, my favorite music in the moment just depends on what's going on and who I'm with. So. Yeah. All right, now it's time for the Rap Trivia Contest, and we haven't had one of these since mid-December, so it's time for our listeners to step up again and send in the right answer. Now, in that last contest, we asked, the organization's new pain management initiative is being spearheaded by which team at Michigan Medicine? The answer is rewrite the script. Congratulations to Carly Hendy, who sent in the correct answer. Now, for this week's question, here's Deanna. All right, this week's question is, who delivered the Martin Luther King Jr. Health Sciences Lecture earlier this week? Once again, who delivered the Martin Luther King Jr. Health Sciences Lecture earlier this week? You can find the answer in this week's headline story, and once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for your chance to win a prize. All right, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much to Dr. Vermuri and Nikki for joining us today. And thank you, as always, to all of our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.